This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 2nd of June. In your Squiz today, Naomi Osaka's withdrawal from the French Open, lockdown watch, house prices continue north, and checking your fake news radar. This is your Squiz today. Starting today, Claire, over at the French Open. That's tennis for anyone who needs the help. And the fallout from women's world number two, Naomi Osaka, withdrawing from the tournament. The background quickly is that last week, Osaka said she wouldn't be speaking to the media, something that breaches the tournament rules. That saw her fined some 15000 US dollars for not doing so. She has since, as I said, withdrawn, citing long bouts of depression and that facing the media can exacerbate it. There's been plenty of reaction, Claire. There has, at the hopeful end of the scale, some say that they really wish that this is a watershed moment, that it's a chance to reset and really acknowledge the pressure that some players are under, whether that comes to dealing with their mental health or whether it comes to their dealings with the media. Uh, What Osaka herself said was that she was coming into the French Open feeling a bit unsure about playing on the clay surface, which is what the French Open is renowned for, and that when she had to front the media and answer a lot of questions about her form that was undermining her confidence. Uh, Others say that she only really has a high profile and many, many millions of dollars worth of sponsorship deals because of her high profile with the media and that it's good for the sport to have players like Osaka front and centre. So there's a balancing act there. Yeah, she's the world's highest paid female athlete, as you say, much of it from sponsorship deals. What she says is she will now take some time away from the game. She did say, though, that when the time is right, she wants to work with officials, Claire, to discuss how to make things, this is the quote, better for the players, the press and fans. And officials are open to that, which is a bit of a turn of events. They haven't really been willing to engage much in reviewing the way these things happen in the past. So there is some hope that there might be some change on the way there. The tennis calendar is ramping up. Wimbledon starts in four weeks. And then, of course, the Tokyo Olympics, of which Osaka is a big drawcard given she represents Japan. That's just seven weeks away. To Victoria now, and really the big question is, Claire, the simple question, not so simple, will the lockdown end tomorrow or won't it? Yes, seems like a simple question, doesn't it? It's set to end at the end of tomorrow, but officials yesterday really did put a cloud over that. There's speculation this morning that it could be extended by up to a week as they try and grapple with the fast-spreading variant of the virus that they're dealing with at the moment. What Victorian health officials said yesterday is that they're seeing instances of fleeting contact. That means that there's transmission between strangers. And what they said is previous variants that they've dealt with, it's really been between people in the home, in the workplace and other big social settings. So they're really trying to get their heads around that and deal with all of that contact tracing that they have to do. Yeah, if that lockdown is extended, there will no doubt be more pressure on the federal government from the Victorian government to provide economic support to Victorians. As for the rollout of the vaccine, if you are in Victoria and you work in aged care or disability services, you'll be given priority access to the COVID vaccination for the next five days. 
Aussie house prices continue to climb and climb, Claire, up more than 2% in May. There's a number of reasons for this. There is. There's a perfect storm, analysts say, of booming consumer confidence our economy's doing a bit better, so we're feeling okay about it. There's also very strong demand in the property market. There's not a lot of properties on the market for a lot of buyers. So if you're trying to crack the market for the first time, it's pretty discouraging. If you're mm. a homeowner, at least you've got a chance of selling in a high market as well as buying in a high market. And the numbers coming through from CoreLogic, which really keep a track on these things, say that the Sydney housing market is set to crack the million million dollar mark for median house prices. That's just an average home in that city over the next month or two. It's really going gangbusters. It sure is. Helping also is record low interest rates. The Reserve Bank again keeping rates at that 0.1% yesterday. No big surprise there. Some hope for those looking to buy though. Some economists reckon things could ease up as more properties come onto the market in the coming months. Over to Canada now, Claire, and going right back to the 1880s and then all the way through to the 1990s when nearly 150,000 Indigenous children in Canada were separated from their families and sent to church-run schools. Last week, the bodies of 215 children were found in a mass grave at one of those schools. Yeah, in Canada, there's a situation that was much like Australia's stolen generations. There's been plenty of uh, commissions and inquiries into what happened there. Uh, A recent inquiry found that there were shocking cases of neglect and abuse in those schools. Uh, They believe that there were the deaths of 4,100 students at schools like the one uh, that they have found these students in. Uh, What there has been in the last few days is a a call from Canadian Indigenous groups to look at the grounds of all of those schools to make sure that there aren't more mass graves. And on that, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada said the search for more mass graves was an important part of discovering the truth. Plans are underway to bring in forensic experts to repatriate the remains of the children found buried on that site we're talking about. We don't mind a study here at The Squiz, and this morning we bring you one on the benefits of exercising in the evening. Huge disclaimer on this one, though, Claire. This study only looked at the exercise habits of men who were eating a fatty diet. I'm sure we all know one. (laughs) I'm sure we do. (laughs) And what it found is that exercising in the evening is the way to go. They did better when it came to lowering cholesterol levels uh, and controlling their blood sugar levels. Uh, What the researchers, though, did say is that actually any exercise any time of day is good let's not get too picky about it I love how obvious the people who run these studies have to be the quote (laughs) is I know people know this but any exercise is better than not exercising (laughs) you know people will take any excuse (laughs) whilst we're on a study role let's talk about another one it's a study in the US to determine how well Americans can identify fake news it turns out people who are the most confident about their ability to pick fact from fiction are the most likely to frequent misleading news sites. So they're a bit overconfident. Yeah, confidence is a tricky thing, isn't it? It can really lead to those false results. And what this study said is that nine out of 10 participants who said that they reckoned they were above average when it came to discerning false or legitimate news headlines actually weren't that good at it. Interesting comment by the study also that male respondents in the study displayed more overconfidence. 
we leave that one there. <laughs> we'll leave that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze the day, Claire. What have you got? It's the day for national accounts. It's when we get to find out how our economy is going, that good old GDP and economic growth number. That number comes out quarterly. It's kind of like, a, I guess, a zoomed out look at our economic activity. It's pretty news nerdy, but we're excited. <laughs> Let's wrap it up on that note, Claire. Thank you as always for tuning into the Squeeze Today podcast. That's all from us today and we'll be back tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long-Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.